Welcome one and welcome all. We're live tonight on April the 24th on Berry Flow Upstream 96. Go Raptors! I guess we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. We're here with Crackberry's editor-in-chief, Blaze. How you doing, man? Not bad. Yourself? I'm doing quite well. Always good to have you guys on. Get our get our weekly kind of therapy on, so we can handle all this BlackBerry news. There's so much to talk about these days, right? <laughs> How are you doing, Alex Bath of Cyberbytes Inc? How you doing? Uh, not too bad yourself. I, I, Chris always steals that line, so I wanted to just take it back, make it my own. I'm doing good. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad we have some Prince representation. Uh, rest in peace for sure. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Prince in the after show, just to kind of bring things full circle in a BlackBerry in a BlackBerry way. But uh, you know, it's always <laughs> sad to see someone like that go. We're we're running out of icons, right? Like, it's kind of crazy. Dude, it's like 2016 is like the year everybody is dying. Right. And thought... Betty Wh- Betty White's out there just chilling with the margarita. Right. <laughs> I hope Betty White doesn't die now. Like that'd be terrible. I love Betty White. <laughs> you know, it, it's like you don't know what you got till it's gone, and I feel like that's how it yeah. always goes, right? Absolutely. But, and that's kind of how BlackBerry is right now. So you know, cherish it while you have it, <laughs> friends and fans out there. <laughs> you never know. You know, I was kind of getting to a point where it, I, like it kind of all made sense to me one day with BlackBerry, and it's like every device they make could be their last. So. Cherish it because you never know, you know, and support it. You know, if it's something you're, you're semi interested in, go out, support the company, do what you can. You know, same with BBM, right? Go out, get a subscription, pay for something, help support it because you never know when these things are gonna just kind of, uh, you know, uh, head a different direction. But I want to start off the podcast with covering the 17th through the 24th of April. We saw Priv come out as the official smartphone for the Toronto Raptors. Now, Blaze educated me that this has kind of been an ongoing deal that they've had, this kind of licensing agreement, so that I think it, the agreement was that BlackBerry was the official smartphone for the Raptors, and then I guess subsequent devices became, quote-unquote, the official. I thought it was just cool to kind of see Priv and some media marketing get done, be it on their YouTubes or whatever, but the Raptors and BlackBerry put this out in two different promos, which I thought was cool, and that the Raptors got the longer one. Do you guys check out any of these promos for the Prib, and uh, do you think they were valuable? Yeah, it was nice to actually see an advertisement that showed a lot of the product. Uh, I know we've seen some like BlackBerry commercials in the past where it, they just like kind of talk about things, and you never actually see the phone very much. So this was really showing off the phone, which I feel like is a good... You know, it, it shows the differentiator, the fact that it slides out and has a keyboard and everything. And I thought it was a pretty well-made commercial. Um, I, I was surprised to see that they even had anything going on with the Raptors or what even that meant. Like, what does the official smartphone of a sports team even mean? So, I don't know. It's kind of funny because, like like James said, that, you know, it's always been essentially the official smartphone of the Raptors. It's yeah. just that they never actually touted it anywhere outside of, like, Toronto. So... Yeah, you know, I was glad to glad to see it, especially now that the um, the NBA playoffs are on. Maybe it'll get a little bit more exposure because I don't know. For me, it's kind of like one of those things where I don't necessarily watch all the sports, but you know, come around like playoff time, that's when I'll actually like at least sort of check in on things. So there's a good chance that somebody will see at least some of the advertising that yeah. is out there and some of the marking that is is being placed on it. So you know. It's always good to have some of that out there. I'm just glad to finally see something. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'd love to see some of that air, 
even if it's like super super niche airings on you know some channels somewhere, you know, getting it out there as much as you can. When you build an asset for marketing like that, use it, right? I mean, we can put it out there for you only so much, you know. It'd be interesting to see what other kinds of initiatives or promos that they might do, sharing that video around themselves, be it you know through any publishing companies or whatever the case may be. But it is cool to see, and I I, I like Alex definitely appreciate that. It was something that was actually talking about the phone, right? And it showed yeah. all features. Yeah. And it was a well, well kind of woven narrative where, you know, the things that they were relating to the basketball game itself related to the priv in a kind of logical way. So it, it was very a believable advertisement, right, as opposed to something that was forced. And I really appreciated it. It seemed genuine and seemed engaging. I like that, you know, there was also a longer version of the, the spot as well where I just I captured that 30-second one and then the – the Raptors themselves actually had unlisted that minute-long one that kind of was in more depth and detail, too. How do you think a partnership like that works in terms of creating the actual assets? Is it, is it Does BlackBerry give the footage to the Raptors and they kind of bring it together, or does the Raptors kind of bring them the footage, or does BlackBerry go to a game and get the footage, or is it B-roll that they may already have? What are some of your thoughts on that, guys? No, it's probably B-roll that they already have. I mean, with... Both of the organizations, I mean, being uh, uh, at play there, I'm pretty sure that there's some sort of creative agreement between the two where they sit down and they're like, oh, okay, well, let's go ahead and roll this out as, you know, some of the marketing. It's not just like one-sided where, you know, somebody just hands over a piece of, you know, video footage or anything like that. I mean, it does look as though that it would be somewhat... uh, somewhat cohesive between the two to be able to go ahead and put it together. It's definitely cool. I like that they are doing this, and I hope it's, I mean, like, night and day, really, between that and, like, the human centipede ad. (laughs) I mean, it's, like, literally night and day. Well, it's more traditional. I mean, realistically, like, think back on the Q10. They had an old commercial where it was just showing the phone the entire time. And I, I know this ad well because I actually recorded it on my phone and posted it on my YouTube channel. I got like 30,000 views. Um, but like that's literally the, the old way that it is. And it's just showing off the product instead of trying to get this feeling across of privacy and privilege and whatever. Like I, I the general consumer, I'm thinking of people like my aunt and uncle who would buy this phone. They're not going to be seeing that human centipede commercial and be like, ooh, I want a Priv or I want a Blackberry. But actually seeing the phone in action, that might make them go, oh, that's interesting. I might check that out. Yeah, Once you're as big as Apple, right you on. can push across like a feeling rather than the device. But I don't think they're there anymore. Maybe they didn't realize that. I don't know, but even still. Apple's... Even Apple's feelings commercials still show the product. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm looking at I'm looking at the, the social sites right now. It looks like the Raptors video. I don't know if it's still unlisted. I think it's not unlisted anymore. I think they took it off. But yeah, uh, when they they when they first put it up, it was unlisted. Yeah. Cool. Right. Right now, it's at like 3,400 views. Not a lot. Um, and then if we go to the actual BlackBerry. Video, I'm sure it has more, just because we're you know nerdy fanboys and all about it. <laughs> I've watched it four times today. <laughs> Blackberries has about four thousand views, so it's getting some decent uh, eyeballs. And again, it's it feels like one of those things that's a little bit late in the game. But as Blaze said, you know, with playoffs coming, it kind of makes more sense to be doing this at this time. So hopefully, it continues to get more and more eyeballs. Um, 
it's really cool, kind of the, the the whole born in the north and icon that changed the game forever. Talking about Priv, kind of relating it to the Toronto Raptors as well. Again, whoever did the narrative for the advertising, you know, kudos to you. You did a really good job building all that out. Uh, powered by a system made to deliver, just really good dialogue that they're getting out about the device. I wish they just did more of it, right? Getting maybe some more uh, partners on board to help do other spots like this and get more eyeballs on, but definitely cool to see. Thing is, the thing that I don't necessarily get about that sort of stuff is, like, it really cannot cost that much to go ahead and put that out. You know what I mean? Like, what what would the cost be? I know, I know for a fact that, you know, whenever you put some sort of ad campaign or anything like that together, the costs are always somewhat overinflated, but at the same time, it's there, there has to be a way to be able to go ahead and keep it down as well, too, right? Like, that that particular spot could not have cost that much to go ahead and put together and throw it up on YouTube. But at the same time, it's like, you know, somebody had to go ahead and get paid for that. And I know, like, YouTube is not necessarily what we, we want to essentially see out of the marketing either. I mean, we want to see that stuff on TV, but... At the same time, there's been a pretty much a lull in in regards to their YouTube marketing as well. Like they, that was the first video that they put out in a long time, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I, it, it's so the, funny though. The, the first proof ones that they were were out there. Like they haven't done anything else since those. So. Yeah, I mean, we we talk so much about like not seeing on TV and things, but realistically, where is their target demographic right now? I mean, where are where's the younger generation? They're on Instagram, you know, even the older generation on Facebook. Like you can spend fifty bucks and get like a decent amount of, you know, and get those videos and views up. Totally. Yeah, you can just have like these these basic videos. Like instead of instead of just throwing this out on YouTube and letting it sit, throw do a stupid Facebook advertisement that has this video there. It's and have a thirty second video and just push it to people. It's not that expensive. Like I do this for small businesses. It's not that expensive. Literally, just put tasty at the end of your video and it'll yeah. get a million. <laughs> it's funny because we talk about you know the modern age of this social kind of media and things like that. And YouTube is a good kind of direct to consumer platform, right? But you still need distribution, right? It's a good place to host your content and not necessarily share your content. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like for instance, this podcast is a great example, right? I put it on YouTube. It's live on YouTube, but I need to get it out on Twitter, on our blogs, on the channels, and everything like that. So, it's interesting to see where the eyeballs are these days because it's not necessarily on traditional television and things like that. So, like getting ads like in between Hulu, you know, on Hulu commercials and things like that. That's where a lot more eyeballs are on, like streaming and different things like that. So I totally agree. There needs to be some more smart marketing, right? Like BlackBerry marketing on podcasts even, right, to the technology community. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Right? I mean, there's there's so many smart, cheap ways that they could do effective marketing, but they're very kind of set right now on very traditional type marketing, like with, like what we're seeing here with this, uh, this official Toronto Raptor Priv ad. So definitely an interesting conversation. Don't want to let us linger on it too long. We have a lot. Yeah, of I feel like things. we've already talked about it yes. too much, but whatever. Yeah, we beat this horse we, so dead right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, you know, how long have we been harping on BlackBerry about marketing and getting the word out? Like, you know, we can only say it so much, but be appreciative of what we did get in the end, which is the Raptors commercial. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. D- despite, you know, anything is better than nothing, and we've said that so many times, and it remains true for BlackBerry where... 
you know, at least we have something here. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about this Marshmallow beta for Priv. It got its first beta update. So a lot of people were like, wait, isn't the beta already out? I'm like, yes, it's an update to that beta. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of you know, to get people around. Uh, mainly looked like performance bug fixes, kind of the normal stuff. Getting that feedback from the community and then putting action upon it. So cool that one they did an update. It wasn't like an idle beta, right? Sometimes they do a beta and it's like, all right, well, you know. We're going to give this to you guys anyway, you know, yeah. as is. And you're not really beta testing. We're just kind of giving it to you early. But, no, they're taking that feedback, using the time wisely, and actually getting updates out there. So I thought that was pretty cool. Again, this seems to be a very smartly executed beta. Uh, if any of you guys grabbed it, was it pretty seamless to, to grab the update? I mean, you just go in, you hit update, and it pulls it like any other update? Yeah, the, un the only unfortunate thing, well... I don't want to. I can't say unfortunate because it didn't really matter that much to me. But it obviously to some folks it probably would matter. It wasn't necessarily a Delta update. It was a brand new, you know, full-on update this time around. So it was another one point, you know, one seven wow. gigabytes or whatever download. So yeah, that was that was a little bit interesting. So I mean, they could have just basically did a, a Delta update, but for whatever reason they chose not to. Again, not that it's a huge deal, but, you know. I mean, it is a full version bumper. Are you saying, like, the second update to Marshmallow? No, the second update to Marshmallow was just oh, basically, like, okay. it was It was another re-release of Marshmallow, so it was it was a full-on download. I could, okay, could there have possibly been, like, bugs deep enough in where they're, like, we just got to scratch it and, and, you know, redo this from the ground up? Yeah, or... maybe, but I don't think that was necessarily yeah. the case. It's not used to it yet, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Marshmallow's been around long enough that it, that probably wasn't the reason, you know? Yeah. But, we, you know, we don't know what BlackBerry security layers and things like that yeah. add, add to that overall, and maybe they have to, in this beta period, push it as a full kind of full deal. Uh, T-Mobile registrants invite's going to be coming out today, coming out starting today. So if you are a T-Mobile registrant, you're in beta zone, you may see an update that's actually going out there for you as well. Um, you know, us AT&T people here crying underneath our desks. So, so. stupid. <laughs> that's AT&T though, right? I don't even blame BlackBerry because I know it's AT&T. Yeah. Like, I know it has nothing to do with BlackBerry. AT&T yeah, I mean, doesn't want to deal with the people running into the AT&T store like, my print doesn't yes. work, it's on Marshmallow. <laughs> that's that's the frustrating bit because that same problem happened with their old betas um, on BlackBerry 10 when I was like on Verizon. They're like, no, specifically we cannot push it out to people on Verizon or AT&T because they just don't want to deal with it. And it's like, really, like, why am I using this carrier if they're screwing me over with this? I almost temporarily want to jump to T-Mobile just to get this update and uh, I could be patient. I don't need oh, to be that God. ridiculous. Yeah, don't do that. No. <laughs> I'll <laughs> just hair, carrier hops until he gets what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> I realized that he should have just bought from Shop Blackberry in the first place. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Definitely realizing that more That's and more pretty now. Much the, the, the whole thing that, you know, is what I try and push upon people. If you can afford it, then just buy it from Shop Blackberry and you don't have those problems, so... Yeah, if we're a baller like Prince, you know, okay. <laughs> you know, and like, I'm on a family plan, and the ironic part is, I had like, it was my birthday or something, and I had like a lot of cash on hand, and like I paid my mom for the remaining phone bill for the year. So like, I paid off my phone to my mom up front, and now I'm thinking I'm an idiot. Like, why didn't I just buy this phone from Shop yeah, Blackberry? Literally, I just shop, shop no Black different Bear. than what I did. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, okay. You were trying to be a good son, Alex, and paying yeah. off the family yeah, phone yeah, bill. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess it's acceptable that you basically <laughs> screwed yourself in the end. <laughs> Alex, Alex is still paying Verizon under the table too. He gets <laughs> kickbacks on the whole marketing game that he ran for them on this yeah. darn podcast. <laughs> Supposedly Drake will be releasing the album art for Views from the Six tonight. <gasps> Canadians rejoice. No, not Screw not that. Give me the album. <laughs> I don't need no album art. That's not you can get thing. it on title. Come on. No, it'll be Apple Music for sure. That's what bothers me. If it comes out just on Apple Music, like you're dead to me, Drake. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. We but, all know uh, how that works, anyways. That just right. like I'm a torrented anyway. I mean, Beyonce's Lemonade was on torrent sites 20 minutes after it landed on title. So come on. <laughs> Right, I mean, magic of the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we have that update coming through. 24th, as of today, those updates for some T-Mobile users are going to start going out, so maybe check your email, uh, keep an eye on that. And as well, I wanted to talk a little bit about AT&T updating their pricing on the Priv, considering we were just talking about it. Um, pretty interesting that as Shot BlackBerry dropped their pricing on the Priv, uh, AT&T kind of followed suit and actually beat them out on price by $10, which I thought was kind of interesting too. So again, they're trying to keep their pricing competitive overall. Right now, you can get the Priv for zero down on AT&T Next for $21.34 a month, which is actually a pretty good deal. For um, how many months? I think that's the standard uh, 36, I want to say, 24, 36. I'm checking right now. I'm loading it up here. Because I, I know, because I, I bought the phone through AT&T, and I think it came out to like, Seven twenty nine. That was what I paid before tax and things. So they were actually yeah. more expensive than Shop BlackBerry. So mm -hmm. when you're saying that they're, are they just doing a sixty dollar discount from what their existing price is, or are they actually no. lower? So, so they lowered the overall full real retail price to six thirty nine, which is a wow. Big, so they beating, jumped down beating out bucks. Beating out Shop Blackberries, right? So now yeah. thirty months at twenty one dollars will get you the full device, which okay. again. It's, it, it falls more in line with these high-end handsets we've been seeing, right? Like the iPhones, the Samsungs, and it just makes more sense to have this type of pricing. What I like is that it, it wasn't our, It seems like it, there was no contention between Shop BlackBerry and, and BlackBerry and, and AT&T rather. It seems like it was kind of like a more coordinated. Hey, we are planning on lowering the price of the device. We're going to let you know in advance so that you can do the same and kind of more of a partnership type thing, right? Where it wasn't like a a slap in the face to AT&T because they were their exclusive carrier partner here in the United States. It seems they're working together. They have open lines of communication, and that's good, right? And I think it's a smart kind of price reduction as well. Yeah. 21 is not bad. I mean, I'm right now, I think I'm paying like $37 a month for mine, but I'm on the shorter-term contract because yes. I wanted to pay it off as quickly as possible. So. Same. But again, I'm paying at that higher price because I came in earlier, so I'm paying probably 150 to 200 dollars more when everything is said and done. So it is pretty a uh, pretty nice little deal. And they've done a couple different deals, as you guys know. They had the, the different accessories that they were offering out as well. Yeah, they had the so, accessory bundles. Mm -hmm. so they definitely, you know, they've done a lot of incentive to get the, the device out there and, and get people interested. Right now, it has four and a half stars out of five in the reviews on AT and T. I mean. It doesn't get any better than that, and there's like over 200 reviews, so you know that's pretty substantial. 225 reviews, most of them all positive. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of that winter BlackBerry needed. 
<clears throat> to kind of compare for you guys right now, you can get the AT&T exclusive BlackBerry Passport for sixteen sixty six. So you know, for five bucks more, you can get a Priv. You you have this pulled up right now. Can you by any chance tell me like what an iPhone six costs? Yeah. So to compare here, like the LG V10 certified like new is going to be nineteen dollars. LG G5 twenty two dollars. So just above the price of a Priv. The Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge is twenty six dollars. So it's okay. kind of right in that up, you know mid to lower twenty dollar price range, and the iPhone comes in right at the same thing at a twenty three dollar. So okay. it's kind of right there. It's a little bit cheaper now than some of the, you know, the brand new flagships. But again, I mean, those are brand new flagships, right? Whereas yeah. the Priv came out, what was it, September of last year? Mm, November, November, I think. November, yeah. Yeah. November so, seven. So you know, it's got they've got some months in, but still really good device, and I'm glad that they're kind of being competitive with these pricings and kind of getting it. Like this is the price it should have launched at, you know? Yeah. I, yeah at least I, I think it would have been a little more effective here. I have a couple uh, friends and family members who are on Black or BlackBerry 10 right now, so they're using the Q10 and well, actually they're all using the Q10, and they were looking to get the Priv. So this is literally perfect timing. They're on AT&T as well, so this is probably perfect timing for them to actually go out and bite the bullet already. Speaking of friends and family on BlackBerry 10, I have returned to BlackBerry 10. <laughs> yes, it's happened. You know, it's funny because. I almost like feel like I'm gonna hate it, right? But the more I use it, the more I'm loving it again. You know, like the, the yeah, hub. You're falling back in love with the hub. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not only the hub. It's like all the little little things, like easy sharing, easy editing. I I can't tell you. I was editing a photo on my uh, in Google Photos, right? And it was just a pain to like jump through four or five different apps, and I end up in Google Snapseed, and I don't want to be there. And it's just like. There's so much going on on Android that sometimes you can get lost in the kind of yeah. chain of uh, command that you kind of have to follow between apps. Where on BlackBerry 10, everything is so like, all oh, right, you want to share there? Cool. Bam, there you are. And it's so simple and so fluid. Uh, but at the same point as you guys probably are experiencing, BlackBerry 10 is not something you can go back to for whatever reason, right? You may have that one app. Uh, so for you guys, do you think you could go back or are you really kind of set on Android right now? Yeah, I could probably go back. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily, it wouldn't be like a stretch of the imagination for me to go back to it because, you know, a lot of the apps that I use on a daily basis are pretty much available. The only thing that I may possibly miss the most would be like, I don't know, Google Play Music because whenever I do oh, anything it's yes. usually like oh, a lot of dude. music like my music is all tied up into Google uh, Play Music now so I didn't I'd even think about that I'd have to wait I'd have to see if any of Cobalt's stuff actually works for Google Play Music but if not then I'd be like eh maybe it's, I can just download it anyway this is this becomes my my forever argument for Blackberry 10 and even for Spotify Alex you mentioned like what is Spotify it's me having my music without Google owning me, right? So if I want to venture to an iPhone, I still get what I want. And I know there's a Google Play Music app, right? I, I get all that. But it's having that freedom of choice, still, right? And an app that I don't have to hoodwink and patch and just to work, right? Yeah. So Google is great. Alex and I were talking earlier. You know, Google Photos for him is like a necessity. So tell us, Alex, how you use it and how, why you couldn't go back just for that simple app and that simple reason. This, the sole reason, like, I experienced this a lot lately, so I actually just went over to a family member's house for their birthday yesterday, last night, 
and they were asking me if I could take some pictures for them. So like I was taking pictures, pictures, da 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 da, and then they're like, okay, great, send it to me. So it's like, okay, perfect. So I just created a quick album in Google Photos, and I sent them over the link, and everyone who had Android phones or, or iOS or uh, iPhones, they just clicked the link, and then, then they just clicked download, and now it's in their album. And then there were the other people who had BlackBerry 10 devices, and it's like, oh, shoot, okay, uh, how are we going to do this? So, I gotta wait till I get back to a computer to be able to access this. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then all the pictures that they took on their BlackBerry 10 devices, it's like, okay, send them over to us. They had to like BBM them to us individually, or like, there, there's just no like really fluid way to go about sharing the pictures. And just every time you take a photo, having it automatically now be in the cloud, like that's just something that you take for granted. It's just a simple thing that I was going through hell trying to, you know, make sure everything was set up properly for their phones on BlackBerry 10. So. That simple little thing just drove me nuts enough that I'm like, I just can't handle not having this app anymore. It's too convenient. No, I definitely hear that. We had a quick question from Aaron in our in our live chat. The beta for Marshmallow ends and the real release actually comes out. I, I want to say July or is it June that it's actually well, coming out? That's the thing. They never actually pegged a specific Better date for June. it. So it was just like June, July, somewhere I'm going to say July just because yeah. <laughs> you know how that goes. The later, the not better, but more honest at least toward the reality of how it will probably come. So, you know, I totally agree with Alex's point prior that he made in terms of the ease of, of kind of the universal access of those applications, right? Where on BlackBerry 10, it's always a workaround or yes. patch or, you know, something of that nature that you kind of have to go exhausting at a certain point. I, you know, and, and something like that for me, it's like, no, you're not getting the photo. <laughs> or, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll post it to my, my Facebook photo album and you can download it or I'll tag you in that. Third part, you know, there's so many ways to skin a cat digitally these days with technology yeah. that, you know, there's always going to be a workaround for the workaround, and there's always going to be this or that for whatever. And I really think the things you're going to get from BlackBerry 10 in terms of like the productivity and the efficiency kind of counterbalance that lack of unity that in connection you may have with other ecosystems. I mean, if I wanted a totally seamless experience, you know, I'd go iPhone and spend a thousand dollars on the phone, a thousand dollars on, you know the laptop and God knows what else, right? Or go all in on, you know, the Chrome OS and get an Android and hopefully those two sing together. But at the same point, it's kind of something that the user themselves has to go out and, and figure out what's best for them, right? The difference between you buying a $200 BlackBerry 10 device and a six or $700 Android or iPhone in terms of the usability and functionality, you're probably going to get more value out of that cheaper handset right but there may be one pain point for you that is worth spending more money for so it's really something you need to investigate on your own and kind of come to your own conclusions in terms with did you guys see the um it, it's called the superbook it they just announced it today you could plug in any android device i don't even think it's showing properly okay whatever but you can plug in an android device to this this shell this laptop and you have chrome os essentially on the laptop your phone is powering it, so it's a $99 laptop shell that you just plug your, your... If you have any Android device, you just plug it in, and then it powers it. And that's kind of like what Windows Mobile was hoping to do, you know, 
and this is, is what this we a were Google hoping. accessory or is it a third party? It's a third party, but at least you can see, you know, some people messing around with it. And I think, you know, this is something that a lot of people have been waiting for for a while. Like, what is the Google solution for what Microsoft is doing? It yeah. reeks of failure already. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I definitely skeptical. Bucks. I'm skeptical, but uh, I I think it's interesting to see people actually experimenting with this now. I need you don't no. use whatever phone, plug it in. Yeah, but whatever phone doesn't necessarily work because I don't know, man. It's like it's the old, it's the same old problem that happens with like Google and Android and their freaking tablets and stuff like that. Certain apps don't scale properly. Certain apps don't rotate properly, and then yeah. you run into those problems. Like, but we'll get through that. I mean, realistically, in in five years from now, like. That sounds like kind of a long time, but it's not a long yeah. time, too. I feel like this will be really refined by then, and we'll have this awesome solution. Yeah, it's, we'll the, get there the, the, in five years, but that's yeah, what I'm I, saying. Well, I'm yeah, I think we're really beta right, right now. now. Yeah. Weeks of failure. <laughs> yes. I'm, like, I don't know if I would buy this, but I'm more happy to see this just because this means that this is a good direction to go down and get some people working on this, and hopefully Google comes out with something like yeah. this. And these are the things that we were hoping BlackBerry would do. Like, we, we always talked about BlackBerry 10 being scalable to just plug into a computer and run your computer from your phone. Like, these are all things that we've talked about and wanted to do. So... I think the Could problem the is, is Google needs to go ahead and address it before anybody I else agree. can actually address it for Google. Like, I agree. It almost seems like Google is waiting for somebody else to fix their problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's the Google way. That's it is. apps. It is. When you dominate, you know, the mobile sector in such a way, it becomes easy to, like, kind of let other people fill in <laughs> your problems, which is a luxury BlackBerry wishes they had, you know? <laughs> you guys go fix it. We'll just pay you, like, $10 million later and buy your whole damn company or whatever. <laughs> Motorola Aura? What? <laughs> Motorola Patents? What? Yeah, you're totally right. I mean... It is something I'm interested in, Alex. That's pretty cool. And I think, like, for a student who already has an Android phone and just wants that bigger screen while they're going to class for that hour, hour and a half, that makes so so much sense rather than spending, you know, $1,000 or whatever for, you know, a more functional laptop. But, again, everything has its limitations, and I think that's where that, that reeking failure blaze uh, sniffs the pond. Oh, I think you're, we're going to need more powerful phones. Like... Our Android devices right now, they lag at times, so imagine it being scaled up. I think we're going to definitely need more powerful phones and maybe not have full device encryption on and things like that for this to work better, but, you know. You're, we'll such, a, you're such a hater, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> My BlackBerry 10 and I are laughing at you. <laughs> Dude, I, As I slide into buttery smooth. No, but that's really the thing. It's funny because, like, on BlackBerry 10, yes, there there would be bugs at times, and it would be frustrating. Sometimes there would be some lag, but uh, maybe you'll be in an app, and it would it would freeze. And then you'd minimize the app, and great, you'd close it. Whereas on, like, Android, I've had scenarios where an app freezes, the entire phone freezes. I'm sitting there like, what is going on? And I have to wait, like, ten minutes, and then I'm like, screw it, and I have to hard reset the phone. Whereas okay, that didn't really so you, happen. So you, so you need to stop watching, you know, adult videos. You need to stop <laughs> being on Snapchat all day, and then your phone won't freeze. Well, Snapchat is a huge offender, but <laughs> okay, I will say that new Snapchat update that allows you to swap 
your face with Dude, existing I... photos. Yes. Did, did I send you? Oh, Blaze. I'm sorry I used your, your face in vain, but for some reason there was a picture of you on my phone and in Snapchat I sent it to Alex. Did you take a screenshot of it, Alex? No, I did not. I did not. Darn it. No, oh, I'll I'm do it sorry. again. Yeah. I put your face on my face and it was like the most yeah. funny thing ever. <laughs> I wish you like you had a Snapchat. I would have sent it to you or, you know, and you probably oh. have one. You just don't use it. But are you going to yeah, be missing these apps now, James? Because you're on BlackBerry Ten. You see, here's the funniest thing. It's like I'm on BlackBerry Ten, and I don't have access to some things, but I still have a priv. I still have this kind of. So you're going to be a two device guy, everywhere. And you know, priv for Wi-Fi, I think, is going to be very, very solid. Because at the end of the day, it's a big form factor, right? Great for gaming and things like that. And I, I don't really have a tablet per se. Okay. that I'd use. So I think for me it's going to fill that void pretty well. But at the end of the day I might come back, you know, you never know. I really, really kind of like the Passport keyboard over the Priv keyboard for yeah. a lot of reasons. A little bit too tight for me. And I will say typing on the Classic, it reminds me of this keyboard like quite a bit where everything's tight and you have that clicky travel that you really want to like, it makes you want to type fast. But I, I also feel like for some reason, and maybe you guys can speak on this, I feel like the priv form factor, the more and more you use it, the more and more feminine it feels. Does that make sense to, to anyone? For, for me, like the whole sliding mechanism and things like that, and the clickiness of the keyboard and just the tightness of everything, it feels almost like a more feminine phone, whereas Passport, it just feels like a beast. Like It feels rugged and more durable than, this, than the priv does for me. So uh, I don't know how I you guys feel about that. I wouldn't phone. necessarily say feminine but it definitely feels like it requires like like a more dainty touch and yeah, like, like you know what I'm saying yeah, like it's more exactly elegant it. like the, the keys the keys are small the space is a little bit tight for my liking and yeah I mean I I can see how you came up with the feminine side of it but you know I I'd probably roll with the it, it requires a more delicate touch. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And it just feels like a more kind of like elegant device, a lot more curvaceous and whereas passports, you know, square, blocky, like, you know, very like straight up in your face and it's not Oh, if it's, if it's passport falls lie, on your head, you know? dude, if the corner of a, the passport <laughs> falls on your head, oh, that it it is bad. Like that is a solid device. <laughs> <laughs> My my girlfriend just BBM me. Prove too feminine for you. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Better watch what you say. Why is she? Where is she? <laughs> yeah, it's, and you know I don't have manly hands. So to you know to be quite honest, Martin, for me like, you know it, that's not what it is. It, it just feels like for me like when I'm typing, I need to be a little bit more confined and a little bit tighter, and everything feels a little bit more linear for me, and it's just not something I'm really liking. Whereas on the classic, and, and you know, this is something I've brought up too, that having to slide the keyboard up to actually use it, that extra step kind of gets annoying sometimes. Like, you know, do I want to slide it up to a long press and letter to then launch an app, or do I just want to like clip on the app icon, you know? It really, it's like an extra step that I don't necessarily want to have to go through all the time, which makes me even that much more excited to see what kind of other Android handsets they may drop, be it an all-touch or be it, you know, a more classic type form factor. I definitely think it's going to be interesting to see what they go through. Um, I want to talk about an article that I think was way overblown in terms of the headline, um, but at the same point makes a good point 
for us as BlackBerry fans to understand kind of the trajectory BlackBerry is going down. So they brought on a new, uh, I believe he's the COO. Let me just just to no, be sure. No, he's not here. new. That's he's been, that's been part, there since last year. That's part of why it's shocking to actually hear him say anything. <laughs> I'm like, all oh, right, that guy works there. Totally forgot about him. <laughs> Yeah, he came over from Cisco. I do remember that, and uh, to then basically lead the enterprise. But he's been there what now, like six months almost, right? He's been there for a hot minute, or maybe a year by now. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. six Had months, it... maybe even probably even longer. Like yeah, looks like he came a while ago. <laughs> yeah, he came on to succeed from John Sims Global Enterprise Sales, Global Sales, um, and really he's talking a little bit on the actual. You know that BlackBerry isn't looking to buy the next big thing, and then the headline says as company halts acquisition spending spree. And I feel like that last bit is probably not true, right? I feel like it may have been taken a little bit out of context from what Carl was trying to say. But I'll give you some of his direct quotes here. Uh, according to Carl Weiss, president of Global Sales at BlackBerry, the company now believes it has most of the major areas covered and is now looking at a pause in its acquisition strategy. And in quotes, we've done a lot, so we're much more focused around the integration piece of that. We're not looking at some big category that we don't have. We're being very selective in terms of where it plugs in. Right now, we're not looking for the next big thing. We're both solving the same customer problem, but solving it in a different way, the CEO of Good Technology back in October. So a lot of the overlaps and things that they were worried about are actually complements to the different software portfolios and platforms that they had. And now, of course, it's integration. And I'm glad they're kind of taking a step back, right? This is a conversation we've had continually on the last couple months of Upstream. You know, is this M&A strategy going to continue? Where else could they find value? So what do you guys think? In terms of halting right now, do you feel in agreement with, uh, you know, Carl that the platform right now and the portfolio is kind of cohesive and full? Or do you still think there's some small areas that they could plug? You know, I've been vocal that I think the messaging side of the business as part of that whole platform could get better, could be better performing for them. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I totally agree on the messaging side. I mean, it, when it comes down to everything else, um, you know, Qnix and basically IoT and stuff like that, it <laughs> seems as though everything is directly in line with where they want to be. Um as we mentioned before, and you know, countless times, it's a little bit, a little bit hard to judge those categories. But it does at least seem as though that they're they are where they want to be. But uh, when it comes down to the messaging side, there's still a lot of work that could be done on messaging, which is oddly interesting because it's like uh, every time that they put out a post or about BBM and they tote the capabilities of BBM, security reliabilities, and you know the growth markets and everything like that. It, you know they they make it sound really really good, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what about BBM channels, bro? <laughs> what about everything else that isn't necessarily working right within BBM? What about the fact that? You know, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't seem to be holding its own in terms of profitability, according to even the CEO at this point. So it does seem as though that they could be doing something along the lines um, to essentially improve the messaging side. I mean, even even addressing some of the problems that were 
that are, are still lingering with BBM channels. I mean, BBM channels kind of just exists on its own now, and nobody, it doesn't really have any, like, direction. If somebody was to say, well, what's the next step for BBM channels right now, it'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of exists, and it's not really doing anything, uh, you know, to, to any great capacity. It seems as though that they need to... Uh, I don't even know what they would do at this point. Like, do they acquire someone to be able to go ahead and and improve upon the messaging systems, or do they just go at it themselves? I don't think they have the capability to go at it at them themselves at this point because yeah, yeah I think it's just, just a waste of time and money for them to try. Yeah, like do yeah. an acquisition, absorb, integrate, move on, and 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 have your feature-rich messaging platform, right? Yeah. And then try to leverage those new features into the enterprise. But you're right. Right now, they're just stop stopgap, right? They're not really doing anything to really yeah. make that happen. And also, so like, you said, like you said, I'm I'm pretty sure that the headline was a little bit blown out of proportion too, definitely. because it doesn't. You know, it doesn't say they're halting all acquisitions. You know, it doesn't yeah, say Yeah, like, BlackBerry never was looking for the next big thing. They basically bought no. stuff that was, you know, complementary to what they wanted. Good technology was the biggest thing that they bought, and, you know, it's that was... directly in line with their strategy. Yeah, exactly. Like, the only reason why it was a big thing is because it was blown up way before even BlackBerry looked at them, so... Yeah, that was a big thing, but I don't think BlackBerry was ever looking at, at, for the next big thing, like encryption, that UK company that they bought. That was never something that was huge, but it, it, it was complementary to the services that they offer. So, you know, that, that headline... That's a, that's a very good point to make, that the encryption acquisition was really the first acquisition that didn't add directly to the software portfolio, yeah. you know? That it was almost a complimentary aside. So you can imagine maybe other small acquisitions like that may come in the future where they're not necessarily adding to the to the pile of integration that they have to do, but more complementing those other lines of services and business. Alex, what do you think about in terms of an M&A strategy for BlackBerry? Is there value in extending kind of their reach right now, or should they stay just entirely focused right now? Put the, the buying on pause and just focus on the money on integrating the pieces that they now yeah. have on the board. No, I mean when I was reading the article, like realistically, it, it makes sense. You buy all of these companies, like they they bought a decent amount of companies, you know, watchdocs, and like getting things integrated cohesively, nicely into their software platform and portfolio. That's something that takes a lot of time. Like acquiring a company and making it so the company, you know, fits well within your company. Doing the hiring and firing, that's one aspect to it. Then the other aspect is taking the actual software making it work nicely with your existing software. So it's not like, okay, uh, Enterprise, we're going to sign you up for Buzz, and then we're also going to sign you up for Watchdocs, but what you need to do is you need to go to this website for Watchdocs, sign up here, do this, that, and the other thing, and then we'll be able to you know, combine it somehow, whatever. Like It needs to be integrated nicely so they can go there and just say, okay, you want this, that, that, and then just set you up and have it just be very, you know, streamlined, the, the sign-up process and have things work together. And I think they need to definitely just focus on that. Um, if they feel like they have enough software to get that done, then they should just focus on that. I don't disagree with that decision at all. Yeah. What does Prince think, though? <laughs> I don't think Prince is thinking much at this point. Recipe. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's funny because now this 
If I took if I did too soon, I, showed, I put the picture up as a sign of respect. Like you can't yeah, deny yeah, the yeah. fact that dude yeah. ain't, ain't here no more, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, nah, it's, it's funny. It's funny because uh, a lot of people say I look like Prince, so at work everyone's yeah, like, "Oh man, Prince." Swear to God, you're Prince's <laughs> love child, man. <laughs> it's funny because they're all like, "Oh man, Prince is dead. Who's gonna put in my paid time off?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here, guys. I'm still here. No worries. <laughs> so, aside from that bit of news, and again, the headline, you know, I, I feel bad that I even posted it because it was pretty overblown. But again, interesting to hear Carl actually talking, you know, well, saying that's, things. That's honestly the most impressive thing about the article is that he actually said something. I haven't heard from him since he was hired, and that was in, like, July of, like, 2015. July who is, July who 13, is the 2015 is when they actually made the announcement. Dang. He starts talking eight months later. <laughs> it's funny it's because it's like, who is Computer Business Review and why is Carl Weiss talking to them? I don't know. You never know these days. Blackberry's trying to keep things low profile under the radar. They're not trying to make headlines. They're trying to just like talk to some people who are going to hear them. That's it. So we covered some of that little bit of their M&A strategy. Another really interesting article that I kind of stumbled upon and really, Rob was the only reason I thought it was interesting was there was an article talking about BlackBerry and Microsoft being chosen to solve the government's mobile problem. Now, this article, again, is a little bit subjective. It's obviously rather one-sided, as a lot of these editorials are. I found this one interesting because mainly it's an IT Business Edge article from... Uh, and it talked a little bit about how there's these organizations and vendors that support the government and the way they deploy out as they're consulting, you know, is they're choosing devices they know how to manage or devices they know they have experience with. And Microsoft and BlackBerry are kind of their go-to platforms. So that BlackBerry necessarily isn't necessarily going out straight to the governments and saying, hey, buy our phones. It's a lot of these consulting groups that BlackBerry still has good clout with that are then going out and pushing BlackBerry devices for them. And I wonder, you know, it's like this kind of silent secret partnership between BlackBerry and Microsoft, but the firms aren't even partnered on it, right? It's kind of like now these other vendors and third parties that work and support government clients are deploying and choosing to use BlackBerry and or Microsoft services to be able to bridge the gap because it's easy for them to manage and then easy to pass on some of those benefits to end users. So again, I found it really interesting that a lot of the critical problems that are facing some of the governments out there are not necessarily being directly addressed by, you know, BlackBerry, Microsoft, Google, or Apple, but who they choose, who wins out the kind of, uh, you know, whatever kind of contract to actually do the deployments for them. And it's good to kind of remember and think about those things in terms of the kind of wins that BlackBerry has on, on their own, because now we're looking at Priv as an Android device, and it's a lot more appealing for different firms to then try to roll out as a secure solution. So what do you guys think of that in terms of kind of these vendors supporting the government to try to ease some of their mobile frustrations? Do you think BlackBerry can really rely on that, or should they be doing more direct kind of direct-to-customer sales? Well, I think it's, it has to be a good balance of both because, I mean, that, those relationships have, have sort of always been in place. Like, that's why you see BlackBerry partnering up with a lot of the distribution uh, organizations that are out there. Um, you know, we see these press releases go out about them signing on with distribution partners or, you know, somebody, such and such company that you have never heard of has become an authorized, 
you know, retailer of BlackBerry products. Well, those are important announcements because that's what, you know, those are the people that are actually going to these governments and saying, like, you need to be able to take this on or you need to be able to take this Microsoft product on, whatever it is. Like, the majority of people look at those announcements as, like, I don't really understand this, so I'm just going to ignore it. But those are the big important announcements, and BlackBerry has to has to at least rely on them to somewhat uh, take care of business. And you know, BlackBerry should be doing their their own bit of it as well. Like you can't just leave it to those organizations and you know hope that they're constantly pushing your product because you don't necessarily know at the end of the day, right? Like you got to do your own research. You got to do your own. Um, direct business sales and and help get your product out there, you know, because if you're not doing it, then you know it becomes a problem for the other folks as well. Especially if there's no incentive for them to go ahead and push your product. The incentive part is what what actually helps, uh, you know, get your get your foot in the door into more places. If you're working with these organizations and you're creating your own business on the side, then you can go ahead and you can recommend those other organizations to be able to go ahead and push out more too, right? Totally. I totally agree with those sentiments. Prince Flow. Oh my god, y'all are killing me in the chat right now. <laughs> Prince Flow. Man, that is brutal. So, basically, this article came about from an AFCEA Defense Cyber Organization Symposium, and in parts of the talks that were happening there, uh, Rob was able to kind of glean some bit of information specific to BlackBerry Priv and Windows Phone, kind of rolling right off of Blaze's explanation of a need for a two-pronged approach to this type of problem. He says, you know, I have picked up some additional tidbits during the briefing. First, the partners are setting up to aggressively support Windows Phones and the BlackBerry Priv. There was no visible demand for the Windows Phones, but there has been substantial demand for some of the Surface-type products and iPads in mass numbers, and obviously there is requests for more support for the BlackBerry Priv. However, it's still going undergoing some secure, uh, excuse me, security certifications. Uh, apparently, it held up what BlackBerry uh, didn't want to have it certified too, too early, and they want that availability of Marshmallow before the full certification process goes in. So if you think about it from a kind of an enterprise perspective on why we're waiting so long on Marshmallow, it could be because they're working on a lot more certifications that are going to come along with the Marshmallow update so that their partners and vendors and distribution uh, partners can actually go and more aggressively start pushing the BlackBerry Priv by the end of the year. So really moving a lot of people toward iPhones and BlackBerry Privs, you wonder what kind of MDM platform they can roll out to support these types of products, and hopefully BlackBerry and Bez are there with the solution. So what do you think about this, Alex? Do you think and agree with Blaze that it kind of needs to be a more two-pronged approach, or could one prong kind of lead into the other in terms of instead of BlackBerry selling right to the government, they can sell to those vendors that are third-party and then allow them to then fight for those contracts you know, you know, indeterminate in a BlackBerry. I don't know if those, yeah, I don't know if those those third parties would actually fight for BlackBerry if they would really. I feel like they kind of need to do everything themselves. And well, that's where the incentive part comes in. BlackBerry needs to offer incentives right. to those organizations. Yeah, but, but in, I don't know. For for enterprise, it's really difficult to have the companies that have the business relations relationships with enterprises because like. I'm very familiar with the Google aspect of this. Like, we are a company that resells Google 
uh, Google Apps for Work and their services. And it's like we have the relationship with the small businesses, so when we recommend something, they go ahead and they're like, okay, great. But like for us to have all these relationships with these huge, huge enterprises, I feel like BlackBerry is the company that should have built these relationships over the years. They should be the ones that have these relationships. I don't even necessarily know who would be that go-to company that has relationships with huge enterprises. I feel like it really does need to be directly from them. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just seeing the way that the competitors are doing it, and um, I guess I, uh, Microsoft is a little bit doing that. A little bit, but you can see them definitely, you know, on the surface side of things. And what basically what this whole article is saying is that there's a major push with the DoD and the different clients that support them to say, okay, iPads are very popular, iPhones are very popular, but the level of security we need, we need more control and we need better access and better manageability of all of these different assets. And they're saying, let's replace our iPads with Surfaces. Let's replace our iPhones with BlackBerry Pribs. And if that's a movement that is happening in some of the enterprise and government sectors, BlackBerry, as you said, Alec, needs to go get out there and keep that message and keep that push going. And you're right. They can't rely on one or two vendors and consulting agencies to, to sell that story for them. But I think if they have some of those vendors doing that because they're comfortable supporting Microsoft and BlackBerry products and BlackBerry can as well go push that same and use them as a reference right to a degree that's momentum building for them and that could potentially really drive some sales for them if they're looking in governments to replace iPhones with Blackberries I mean that's a return to form that we haven't seen in nearly half a decade so that's pretty promising and again one article one symposium right but it is an interesting conversation to be had because BlackBerry is now a much more solidly cross-platform company. So it is a really, really interesting place because BlackBerry has a lot of potential to be a lot more valuable to the to U.S. government and other governments as well because their portfolio now is so massive in terms of the secure communication and collaboration. So definitely a little interesting article. You can check it out in our uh, article kind of topic lists B-roll that we got going. There's some interesting stuff in there. Now, this is kind of a, an interesting transition for us. We're going to go from like a heavy enterprise conversation to a naturalist conversation. Talking about Earth Day, did you guys celebrate Earth Day? Did you do anything special? It was this last Friday, two days ago, on the 22nd. Did you guys do anything special? Did you, Alex, did you go outside and breathe some fresh air? I've, I've been going out, uh, at least chilling in the backyard with my dogs and stuff. You know, It's been nice out. I like the sun. I'm not a... You, Alex Alex hasn't told anyone right now, but he has a nice skater cut right now that he's not really... Why don't you show it off, Alex? I think the lady's watching. The, the, all two of them that, right now. Isn't that like what's in right now? You know, the the long hair, short on the sides, you know? Try and stuff. I, I, think, I think the afro is in, actually. Prince, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh. My girls are like, too soon, too soon. <laughs> no. It's not. It's not. It's really not. So Earth Day, what does this possibly have to do with BlackBerry, right? That becomes the next question. Yes. It looks like BlackBerry actually did a very easy kind of uh, sponsorship of a forest over in, I think it's Vietnam or uh, in Indonesia. I think they have two, Singapore actually. In Indonesia. Singapore. Singapore. Thank you for correcting me there. So this BlackBerry Forest is a pretty interesting initiative. They're looking to plant trees and get donations to help forest and grow those trees. Talking, obviously, to celebrate Earth Day, to give back to the Earth and things like that. So very interesting. 
you can go to this website, basically put in a donation amount, and you get X number of trees. So you can name the trees, and you also can get pictures and actually see the growth of the tree kind of as it progresses. A really, really cool initiative, something simple to do. BlackBerry had a basic target of 500. They smashed through that target, clearing 800 trees, and the forest is now growing 28 trees. Just a really awesome marketing tool for them as well. Eight hundred dollars. They cleared eight hundred dollars. They didn't clear eight hundred trees. We're not cutting them down. How much? How much are these seeds, by the way? Because thirty-three dollars is pretty intense. <laughs> $817, beating their 500 target out. Again, really, really cool initiative for them to kind of go ahead and do something like this. Again, also tailoring it to the kind of that demographic, that side of the world. I think it was really, really special. Something kind of nice, small of them to do, but also celebrating the holiday. Alex, how many trees did you buy? Um, <laughs> Cyberbytes has like five trees growing out there. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah, we're doing our own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Crackberry's got several out there. Somebody That's... actually has a lot of trees because somebody donated basically half of the fundings. Anita right. Rios, whoever Anita Rios is, she donated $454. So basically she, 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 cleared the target she donated the bulk of their, their target. <laughs> that, it is awesome, though. You know, It is pretty cool to see. And a simple initiative like this, right? It doesn't cost a lot to go do this, but it's something that does help the planet, you know? Yeah. And BlackBerry going out there, having that on their social media, it shows they're conscious, shows they're aware, shows they're doing stuff too, right? This isn't an idle company that's dead. They're still out there actively supporting our community, the global community, you know? It's just a really kind of heartwarming thing for BlackBerry to do. And from a marketing perspective, you know, it's definitely a good thing for them, no doubt. I'm kind of jealous that I didn't get in quick enough to go get a tree. Or is it still open? Can I still plant a tree? I'm pretty sure you can. All right. The I'm donation, gonna... donation page still works. So so, so here's what's going to happen, right? Alex isn't going to charge me hosting this month, and I'll put that money toward a tree, right? <laughs> Every, everybody wins, no, right, Alex? <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Alex is like, wait, not everybody wins here. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I'll plant a damn tree for you. Pay double hosting this month. I'll I'll go in my backyard and plant a couple of trees for you. <laughs> I, I'd rather support Singapore and uh, Indonesia. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Buffalo has plenty of trees. I'm sure. <laughs> They're so close to Canada, and uh, you know. Is that, is that, I don't know. I don't that, know about trees in Canada. Is that, that like was a, a that was a very slightly 420 joke. So I'm just gonna yeah. move on from it. <laughs> So again, Alex help. pretends like Buffalo is like far away from Canada. He doesn't know what goes on in Canada. Like, come on, dude, <laughs> yeah. you can drive across the border. <laughs> I know. Alex sneezed once and it like landed in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely go help grow that BlackBerry forest if you are interested in celebrating Earth Day again. You know, thank you to everybody who did so. Go ahead and support and help them break that uh eight hundred treat no eight hundred dollar uh goal that they were able to get. That's awesome. Definitely one of those feel good things. Uh, also feel good, we're trying to give you six reasons to consider BlackBerry's new direct sales program. Um, this is one of those interesting things that I didn't think they were going to do something like this and actually tell us why we needed to do it, but I'm glad they did. Because it, it's always interesting to see like how a company is going to try to sell itself. And in terms of like a direct sales, you, you can imagine the benefits are kind of a little bit hard to really comprehend and grasp. But they made six pretty valid reasons so you found this article by clicking on an ad, didn't you? You know, I was, 
it's funny because I saw this first and then I saw ads for it after <laughs> the fact. Because if you actually click the ad, it takes you right to the channel, like to actually go talk to them and send them an email and like a little message about what you want. So it was interesting to see this kind of follow up, right? And you're right. I totally saw some online advertisements advertising this direct sales program. And again, it's like great, awesome. I'm probably not the person who needs to see it, but awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I ho I hope like non BlackBerry users are getting these ads too. I got plenty of Blackberries. Trust me, we're good. We're good on those. But this it makes makes sense. Six reasons businesses should consider Blackberry's new direct sales program. And I was thinking six whole reasons. Wow, that's incredible. I couldn't even think of three. But there's some legitimate reasons here, right? Cost and convenience, right? And this is something that I find they they sum up themselves perfectly. So I'm going to read this to you because I think a lot of users are actually going to resonate with this statement. The unlocked BlackBerry devices sold by direct sales offer advantages for business whose needs are flexible or paradoxically specific. And it's like, that is BlackBerry right now, right? If you're using a BlackBerry, you either need something that's very flexible or you need a paradoxically specific use case for this <laughs> BlackBerry. So it's ironic that they're acknowledging how paradoxical they are to a degree, right? For businesses willing to shop among carriers and unlock devices and slash their total cost of ownership over several years. So cost, convenience, as well as superior selection. In some regions, for instance, there are devices you can no longer get. And BlackBerry's direct sales team has better access in some of those regions to get you those devices that may be impossible to find in your region. So superior selection, cost, convenience. A direct line for support. This one's pretty basic, right? You're going to have a, a, a carrier and courier who's going to be able to help you out. So small businesses, instead of trolling support forums for help and questions and answers, you get a direct product manager who can help assist you with different things. So you can imagine this is what Alex does for some of his clients, right? He's that direct support. Berry flows down, Alex fix it type, type of conversation. <laughs> I gotta take Alex, a break. Alex, uh, Alex like, uh, cries every time Berry flow goes down. Cause it, cause it's something I did almost every time, <laughs> and by almost every time I mean every single time. Hey, at least you're admitting it. Yeah, just so no one harasses. I don't want you to get angry tweets anymore. They could have made them. seven. They could have been like, and you get the marshmallow beta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they're they're selling not only the priv, they're selling BB10 devices too. So. Yeah. Exactly depending on what you need. Fast delivery and deployment. It's funny because I heard like in the comments, like, I'm still waiting for mine, and it's like, bro, it's been three days. Calm down. It'll be all right. <laughs> Fast delivery and deployment. Again, you're going to be able to get those devices within you know, a week's time, if not quicker, sometimes just two business days, depending on how close you are. So it is pretty cool. You can get those. Once you speak with those, they have direct conversations with the suppliers and the warehouses, and they get those devices out there. Deeply personalized service for customers. So depending on what your organization may need, if you're trying to migrate, upgrade, whatever the case may be, BlackBerry is going to have your back. Number six, probably the most obvious one and probably the one that makes the most sense is superior security and productivity. Again, because you're direct sales with BlackBerry, you're going to get those OS updates. As Blaze mentioned, you're going to get those beta access if need be. You're going to get those security software updates as well. So a lot of good reasons to actually go Pay a little bit more up front, but be able to lower your total cost of ownership over several years by going and deploying through BlackBerry's direct sales team. Alex, does a direct sales program like this make sense, especially when we're trying to get the handset sales up? I don't think it ever hurts. I mean, there's 
realistically, we do know they need to do more marketing in some way, and like having a direct sales team, that's totally you know a good thing to have. Um, never gonna, never gonna say it's a bad thing. I don't know. I guess will it be successful? Uh, that's what we'll we'll see over time. But who exactly is the? Is there actually a team going out and specifically doing it, or is just this program essentially that they have? That they just kind of offer like this relationship partnership kind of thing now. This is this is a good question, and Blaze and I mentioned it uh, a couple upstreams ago. We we were kind of laughing like, doesn't BlackBerry already do this? Like, why yeah. is this new? And mm-hmm. and it it's more like they have enterprise sales people already, you know. <laughs> Blaze is <so> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Continue that thought, James. Go. <laughs> so. So I got messed up there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is more like already cool. had these sales teams available. Now it's more of a direct, hey, mm-hmm. you can get these devices from us. It's not, I'm already talking to my bed salesman, and then he's getting me phones, right? Yeah. Now if I just want to go for phones and I need help doing a deployment or doing an upgrade or doing a migration, then I've got a direct line of sight to go get that done and get it direct from BlackBerry. And again, you get one year of complimentary support, free device shipping. You get your volume purchasing and payment advantages, and unlocked smartphones. Right, so still lower again, barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. And you get a, a dedicated account manager for your hardware needs. So again, for instance, let's say you're having trouble with like two-factor authentication. Right, uh, hey, this isn't working for me. On you know, I got a couple Androids and a BlackBerry 10. They're going to be like, okay, let me get you in touch with. Boom, here's how you're going to do it on Google. Here's how you're going to do it. Oh, excuse me, on the Google. Oh. And then and then he's like, you're going to do it on BlackBerry 10. So again, that dedicated account manager is also your go-to for support as well. So it's kind of a nice, cohesive package where you get a little bit of everything. I and again, what, what amount of discount are you actually, like, price, do you have any idea what kind? I'm sure if you buy, like, thousands or tens of thousands of devices, you're going to get a better discount than, yeah, you know, hundreds goes. or whatever. But like, this do you, do you, probably is proportionate. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just I don't know. I I'd be curious to actually have some solid numbers on that. But I know that's they normally in any scenario they normally don't like giving those numbers out unless you're actually buying. Yeah, it, it's volume purchasing, so it's probably just a base percentage times device, right? So it's probably something very very simple. I'm reading through the fine print right now, and it says one of your complimentary support is provided directly to end users who have purchased a smartphone at shopblackberry.com. The provisions of service or technical support pertaining to the BlackBerry Enterprise server or other software and services are excluded. So again, if you have a separate Bez manager and things like that, it's going to be not directly connected with the sales. So it seems like more of a maybe consolidated effort from Shop BlackBerry and that side of the business to actually get these devices out there, which is again good. It's something they need to do to get these handsets out there, especially you know seven hundred thousand is. A yeah. drop in the pond, right? You need to be able to get out there and really, really start making some sales. And and honestly, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can ever pull this off because once the sales start going up instead of continually going down, that's when the perception is going to start changing, right? And when they can get those sales and let's say next quarter they do 800,000, right? And we see some kind of incline on the line of ha- hardware sales. That's going to be really, really impactful for, I think, their hardware business and the perception of that business continuing forward. Um, what do you think about that, Blaze? Do you think that we're ever going to see that kind of, you know, plateau and then increase? Will we see a rise in BlackBerry hardware again? 
is it a natural thing when it goes so low or yeah it kind of it kind of depends on what they do like you know we we've been in this situation for i don't know how many years now where it, the hardware has constantly been on the decline in terms of sales but they plan on doing all these um different things to be able to go ahead and increase the hardware side at least the sales side of it um you know it's one of those things where hopefully they they put together a plan that will actually go ahead and help them move more units and i hope at, at some point in time you know i i'd love to be able to say you know next quarter blackberry sold a million devices and then you know have it keep on going to that 3 million that john chen wants but um you know, it's hard hard to say at this point because we don't have anything to essentially place any sort of basis on other than decline right now. So, you know, it, it, something needs to happen to show us that there actually is life there for it to go upward rather than continuously downward. So, you know, it's probably going to be one of those things the next one or two quarters are going to show some signs and hopefully we'll have at least another device to be able to to go by but you know even even that having even another device in its own is actually kind of a trap as well because then you're stuck in in the situation where we're like well the next quarter will be better because on this quarter the devices weren't accounted for and you know that that kind of seems to be like the the ongoing scenario the next quarter is going to be better because this time around Verizon didn't have the devices or this time around T-Mobile didn't have the devices but you know at some point in time everybody who is supposed to have the devices is going to have them and you know that's when the real numbers will actually start showing so I don't know it all all comes down to how well they execute on on those plans to be able to get more devices in, out into the market and hopefully it will be you know, at some point in time, be on the rise. But until then, it's you know you kind of have to remain a little bit skeptical of it all. You see, I, and, and it bothers me a, to a degree because Alex seems like downtrodden these days, right? I'm gonna read you a BBM Alex sent me, so I can put him on the spot. Here. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't set up for this. He, he makes such like a, a a poignant point, and I think it's one of those like frustrating areas for a lot of BlackBerry users right now in terms of like how excited they are about the company, right? Let's see if I can find this. So Alex has, we're basically talking about, you know, BlackBerry 10 and, you know, the difficulty that we have of actually, Alex, you're so lucky. Darn you. Darn you, BBM. You know how you have to transfer your accounts over? I, that was a conversation we had on Prim, so luckily <laughs> it, it, it no longer exists. I could I could find it if it's something. I complain about Spotify a little bit. Um, I don't think it's Spotify that you were complaining about from the sounds bit. <laughs> well, I was essentially talking about Google Photos, right? Like that's you mean before that. You were basically talking about like how just the hub, you know. Just your excitement about BlackBerry. So it was a little bit higher. Oh, okay. It was, uh, it was just funny to me because basically Alex is like, you know, because there's no new hardware or all the hardware is Android. Oh, oh, found it. Okay, I'll just read it. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, but or BB10 was one thing. Now that it's just Android, the barrier to entry is much lower, and there's so many other better phones on the market. Ironically, BlackBerry 10 was the main thing keeping me on BlackBerry. Now that it's Android, the only thing keeping me on BlackBerry is still the physical keyboard. So, like, the OS is no longer the thing keeping me on BlackBerry. It's the physical yeah. keyboard at this point. Whereas BlackBerry 10, like, I stuck with BlackBerry 10 for so long because I love BlackBerry 10, and they had the, you know, the keyboard and the hub and everything like that. Now that there it's Android... There's a lot of catches with it. Yeah, now I'm, like, now that I'm on Android and I've been using Android, I'm kind of looking like, hey, you know, there's some other good solutions, and that's uh, actually kind of interesting because I could spend 400 bucks on a, a nice Nexus and not only save money, but get, like, a better, more well-run device. Sure, the security isn't, you know, there yet, but now really it's just the keyboard that's keeping me on BlackBerry right now, and it's a little well, bit disappointing. That's part of the gamble that they took when they decided to go with Android because, I mean, you're you're obviously not the only one that's going to feel like that, like, on their forms and stuff like that. There's people who are like, well, why would I buy the proof? Excuse me. <laughs> Blaze is falling asleep right now. <laughs> no, I had to cough. I was like <laughs> rushing to put myself on mute so I didn't blow everybody's ears out. But I mean, that's the scenario that they they put themselves in. It was like, do you continue with BlackBerry 10 and know that that situation is what that situation is? We don't need to to revisit that. We all know what it is. Um, or do you move to, to Android and have the possibility of alienating some users? And, you know, it, it basically, for years, BlackBerry subtly spent a very good amount of time saying, like, don't go to Android because it's not the best operating system. Don't go to iOS because it's not the best operating system. And then what did they ha end up doing? They went ahead and they released uh, an Android device. So it was basically saying, like, okay, they, they pretty much, in not so many words, said that Android was acceptable. So go ahead and try this Android device. They basically gave people a reason to go ahead and try another operating system by way of the Priv. And if you picked up the Priv, cool. That was great because BlackBerry got some money out of that portion, but... At the same time, there was those customers out there who didn't necessarily feel as though that Approve was going to go ahead and meet their needs, but at the same time, they were willing to go ahead and give Android on its own a shot, whether it be a Samsung device, an LG device, or whatever, right? Basically because of the fact that BlackBerry was, it was going to an Android operating system themselves. So it's like, you know, they, they basically said, yeah, you know, Android's cool now. Go ahead and try it. Yeah. You know, and that that you know that's like I said, they're not necessarily saying that in so many words, but that's the perception that they give. They're like, hey, the fact that they gave it the AOK, yeah. I mean, from the security aspect, and we've given our security stamp on it, but you know, at the same time, it's it's incredibly hard to go ahead and tell people about that message, like. And I, I, I truly do believe that, that the, the security side of it all got lost on a lot of people when they basically said, when BlackBerry said, okay, we're going to release the Priv, it's going to be a secure Android device, yada, yada, yada. Everybody else, it just at least... It wasn't uh, marketed like the black phone. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, they didn't have a, a truly strong focus on security. They were sort of obscure about how it was more secure. But in the end, some people looked at it and they were like, 
okay, well, BlackBerry's going Android. They sort of gave their approval. I'm going to go ahead and try something else. You know, and, and you know... The only kind of education they did was on blogs, and it's like, I'm not reading the inside BlackBerry blogs yeah. before I buy a smartphone. Like, you know, that's not, that's not enough of an education medium. And what I will say here is that we have to respect that John Chen hit his software mark, right? He, he set his target, he hit it, and he actually hit it and actually got a little bit above it, right? Like 24 million or so, whatever the case may be. And that being said, he seems very confident and open and honest that the hardware business isn't making money. I want it to make money. I expect it to make money. So I at least have a confidence in John Chen that wherever he puts his focus, he's going to get it done. I just don't think the focus has been on hardware, to be totally honest. Yeah, I think it's no. been all software. All their eggs have been looking at this basket. And while they have other baskets over here, that's not where their focus has been, right? I think when they start changing their focus to these direct sales programs, to the priv marketing, the things like the Toronto marketing, and think, you know, all of that, the Raptor stuff comes together for them. And as they work with their carrier partners, reduce pricing, flank the priv with some other handsets, you know, with all touch. I really think they're going to start bringing that together. I just think right now, this last year has been all about building out that software so that they have a sustainable business of reoccurring revenue so that now we can start looking at things like the hardware business and the messaging BBM business and really try to focus on bringing it back. But, as Blaze said, the perception that they're working with right now is not a necessarily strong one, and they've let it fall to the wayside, you know, to a degree. It's really an interesting point for them to try to navigate their own future right now because if they launch subsequent devices and the education of the market still isn't there, they're going to just repeat the priv over and over, right? And that won't be a successful thing for them either. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes down to it, it's the process itself is pretty much the same as well because if you look at BlackBerry's history, like, what do they plan on doing? They plan on launching one or two mid-range Android phones. Okay, cool. But that is that that path is already known as well. Like, that's not a new path. Like, what did they do when the Z10 came out? They basically said, okay, well, the Z10 didn't necessarily sell as much, so we're going to go ahead and release, like, the Z3. And the Z3 didn't necessarily sell as much as what they thought it would, so they released the Leap. So on and so forth. Like it, they always revert back to the exact same path. Like, okay, our top end device didn't necessarily sell in the way that we wanted to, so we're gonna go ahead and release a lower cost device. Like having a mid-range Android phone, it's not even like really it's not like unexpected. Like that was that was pretty much the given path that Blackberry could take. As soon as John Chen said, like, yeah. Maybe the priv was a little bit too high end. Of course, they're going to go for a mid-range or a lower end phone at that point because what other path did they have to take? Release another high end phone? I just, like, I just think it's a, it's a very systematic thing. I think yeah. they created this super high end device to make demand in the middle range because there was none otherwise for a Blackbird, right? And I think it, the same way he tells us, John Chen tells us that the hardware division isn't making money, he's just... He's telling the investors exactly what they want to hear because they don't want to stay in the hardware business wasting money on something that's not going to bring any value to them, right? Which so, it's a long-term – the thing is the, the problem with investors is investors for the most part are going to be short-term, you know, one, two, three, four, five years, whereas the hardware play, as we've all talked about it, that is more of a five-plus – 
you know, your commitment, like that's where we're going to start seeing some benefit. As things right size, then it's good to have that hardware division. Just right now, it's losing a little bit of money and it's not worth it. And even if they get, like, so if Chen can get it to be break even, which as an investor, like, I don't want to break even. Like, why the heck do you even care if it's just break even? <laughs> but it's being able to see what it will allow them to do in the future. And totally. that's, that's where, you know, shareholders, stakeholders, like, that's where it always gets difficult. The direction of your company, it, it's always so skewed by immediacy and numbers. Yep. So. See, what I think John Chen has been able to do through this transition is something that's going to be very impactful to the future of BlackBerry's hardware and whether there is a future in hardware. And I honestly, you know, we say this in the after show and things like that, I think there is a future in hardware for them. I think, one, they have the staying power. I think the difference between, let's say, BlackBerry and Palm is is us, right? You, me, the loyal, loyal people who love their physical keyboard or love the security, right? The BlackBerry has a niche following because they have a niche offering, and I think our loyalty to BlackBerry is honestly what's going to keep the hardware business going because they have this reoccurring customer base. Now, with that said, I also think as part of this overall strategy for them, with the hardware piece of their business, John Chen has been able to, I think, really reduce the cost, which was really plaguing the, the actual profitability of the hardware business. They had a lot of issues with distribution and manufacturing yeah. and some of the and yesteryear BlackBerry 10 devices, which is why I think they had such a hard time getting it out there. They couldn't afford marketing because manufacturing and all their capital was tied up in that inventory, right? So now I think with their, their distribution partners and people helping build the phones for them and things like that and better partnerships and overall distribution, they are going to be able to really lower their cost in building these phones. And then putting out a device is not so meaningful, right? It's not like, oh, I'm putting a bunch of money into inventory or I'm really trying to manage you know, a massive rollout here. It's They're going to have a lot more control, I think, of our distribution under John Chen and the new management structure that they have so that they can be more effective in the hardware business and hit that break-even and or profitability at a lower rate more quickly. But again, the focus been, has been there, but not necessarily all there. It's really going to be a test of time to see whether they can bring the numbers together on multiple fronts and actually deliver on that. No more $1 billion write-downs. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's exactly what I mean, right? The cost of this, this stuff wasn't where it needed to be. And that, I think, honestly, was the nail in the coffin of BB-10, right? It's They couldn't even sell the first phone, right? And I think that hardware write-down just cast a negative perception on everything. And there were so many problems at that point with the distribution, manufacturing, and all of that, that the cost of building the phones was way too high, which is why well, we ended why they up... built so much extra. And, and also why we got phones that had yesterday specs because they couldn't yeah. necessarily afford you know, the cutting. And now we're at a place where, again, we're getting more recent software and, uh, excuse me, more recent like software on chip, more recent type, you know, hardware and specifications, 18 megapixel, yada, yada. All that seems a little bit more kind of today, right? And a little bit more lasting, I think, in terms yeah. of how no, that, it'll go for us. Never really thought about that. I, well, okay, look in the old days when, you know, Legacy BlackBerry, though, they had the numbers that they were selling, yet they still put, like, 512 megabytes of RAM in there while everyone else was doing one gigabyte. So it... I guess I'm a little bit confused, but like, sure, Samsung is definitely getting better pricing on the bulk because they're selling, you know, tens of millions of phones, and then obviously like iPhones too. So I guess I'm just trying to wonder: is it 
how does that work? Like, how does BlackBerry get good? Like, is it really that big of a difference, the value, the um, buying in bulk for them to buy, like, screens in bulk and all the things in bulk, seeing as, or is it them just being greedy, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask, just like in the old days, what they were doing. Low specs because they wanted to cut or cut the costs and, and get as much of a profit from each phone as possible because they own the market. So is it them trying to do that again now, or it's simply they're just getting better pricing? Well, for one, they're probably they're probably getting better pricing because of the fact that they they're not necessarily doing a lot of the manufacturing on their own. They're taking they're going to other people to be able to go ahead and manufacture the devices. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like okay, the screen manufacturer they don't care if they're selling the screen to. Well, they're gonna have to do a little bit of work if it's a Galaxy screen or if it's a BlackBerry screen. So like I guess. If they're like, okay, I need you to build me five million screens for this priv, they can give you some discounts on that, compared to saying I need you to build a hundred thousand screens, because yeah. there there is some uniqueness there. But I guess like just a Snapdragon processor, it's a processor. I mean, they're just it, like it's it's almost like the difference like for like let's say Lego and Target, right? Lego has to build the plastic package the plastic, and then send it to, to Target, whereas Target just takes the pieces, you know, and sells it to the end user. So in terms of the manufacturing, they don't have to go build all the silicone themselves, right? Probably the most expensive piece of the priv is actually the, the processor because they have to put the key on it, right, mm. for their okay, for their yeah. boot chain. So in terms of, like, the screen and all those other things, that's just plastic and parts, and if someone else is building it for you, and you've now licensed it to them to actually go and build per your spec, it's going to be a lot easier. You can lower a lot of your costs. And I think that's really where we're at right now. I think the expertise that they brought over from HTC and Ron Lukes and those different people that they pulled over is really going to help them manage the overall cost of building these things. And I think, I think again, it's been a longer transition for the hardware because they've been so focused on the software side of the business, I think they're really going to get to a point where they can start pumping out devices on a kind of more consistent basis and really control the costs so that they can overall make a better product for us and then ultimately be able to get a higher margin on the actual sell-through. So to speak more toward your question, Alex, I don't think it comes down to, per se, bulk purchasing, but the fact that the manufacturing process is going to be more offset in terms of the cost, and that's where the value is going to be for them. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's not like I'm going to buy 20,000 priv screens and get a discount, but the fact that I can just pay you to build that phone cheaper than I can build it now, you know, because you, I'm basically getting you the parts and you're going ahead and putting it all together and then shipping and doing all the distribution side. And I think, honestly, people are going to see the fruits of John Chen's labor I just don't think we're going to see it, you know, by the end. I think maybe by the end of the year we're going to have a better picture of where we are with everything. But it's going to take time, and obviously we have some other devices that potentially may be coming. But I think, again, each of these devices, they have to spend time on and make sure they're good and right because, as I said earlier, every device could be their last. They don't want to rush anything and throw out another Q5, right? They, this, they do not want that. They need a device that's going to be mid-range but also high-end. It can't be too low end because, as you said, Alex, there's so many people in that market that the security and or the keyboard is not going to be enough to warrant them to buy that over that. And, and even so, in, in the Android world, I guess I, 
it's unless you're you're totally a company focusing on low end phones. Realistically, what is a low end phone? It's normally a mid range phone with lower end specs. So really, if BlackBerry has a mid range phone this year, next year, the low end phone is last year's mid range. Like you don't need to build a standalone low end phone. Last year's mid range is this year's low end. If that makes any sense. So like. They Unless you're running BlackBerry 10, where everything stays at a premium for some well, reason. <laughs> yeah, there's obviously that whole that's, scenario. That's the other part of it, is, is the actual representation. BlackBerry BlackBerry can't... They can't build, like, a low-end phone and present it as a mid-range phone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yes. Or the other way around, gonna, yeah. Yeah, that's going to trip them up real bad. Mm-hmm. So they need so, to be fully aware of that. You heard it here, hear folks, real bad. <laughs> That's going to go up real bad. (laughs) So I guess what do you guys think existing Priv owners right now who have had the phone for eight months or November, December, six, seven, eight months, whatever, what do you think our options are going to be? Because we're probably – well, we're – we're probably not going to be getting a high-end phone this year if they're just mid-range phones. So, like, what do we do? Like, what is going – like – BlackBerry should stop us from jumping ship and just going to another Android device. And I don't know, for instance, if I can sit on this priv for another year. And I'm sure many others can as well. So, like, what what do we do? What do you think? Does BlackBerry care about us? So, you know, I'm a priv owner, and I'm on a BlackBerry 10 device right now. And I say that because it's (laughs) not necessarily the OS. It's the form factor. That's the difference for me. For me, I don't like having to slide this up to use the best part of this phone, which is that physical keyboard. I don't like that extra. It's fun to do. Don't get me wrong. Like I, you know, I like the sliding mechanism. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm saying that that extra step is a cumbersome additive for me. Whereas something like this, the passport, that keyboard is always there, and I get the benefit of it, benefit of it all the time. So, what's to come? I, I think the best BlackBerry device that they can put out right now is a mid to high end $450 QWERTY Android candy bar. Something like the Vienna done up in a nicer packaging. I don't want it to be a leap. I don't want it to be middle low end. I want it to be middle high end. So if if you are a high end person, so like I, I always want to buy a premium phone because I always have bought premium phones from BlackBerry. Is, am I just SOL? Like that they're just not the the right you know fit for me anymore because that's what I feel if, like I'm seeing. If Priv doesn't last you two years, then yeah, obviously you're gonna have to go to something else. But I honestly think we may get it's all determined on again how this hardware business is gonna do. If they stabilize it and they make money and they can bring it to profitability, yeah, you'll get another high end phone in 2017. Can you wait that long? Is becomes the question. You know, mm-hmm. it, it would exploring another BlackBerry form factor in the mid range be something you're interested in. You know, that's what it's going to become. Unless the specs are better, like, if the specs are the same as the Priv, then no. And I feel like they're probably going to have to be the same as the Priv, or not much better. Because at that point, like, I'm I'm not frustrated with the Priv as a phone. I'm frustrated with the specs because there's, I'm getting, like, lag and things like that. Like, Android is not the most... And again, Alex, we're on two operating systems old here, right? We're not on Marshmallow. We don't know the refinements that they've pulled through yet. So in terms of performance, you know, I think it's early to say it won't last you another year or another six months, really, because we don't, you know, I think it's a little bit early, and we don't know what they might start teasing, right? 
we don't know if they're going to then if let's say we hit profitability by you know fall and we're hitting that that christmas season and they start you know just teasing us with hey we might build something next year you know and it's a high end phone right we don't we don't necessarily know what they're going to necessarily tell us mm-hmm. or give us so it's a little bit early i think to make that kind of judgment i think we should keep watching see what they're going to do and see what the market is telling them because at this point as Blaze said earlier they're such they're so reactive and it's like they're reacting the same way as they always yeah. do, right? Now with Android, let's see if they can execute a little bit differently, control their cost, and actually make some money. That's really where it's going to be. It's can I make money on lower volumes as opposed to Samsung, who sells five million and of course, or you know, twenty-one million, whatever the case may yeah. be, and can make money off of that, right? It's it's now they need to take that and do the same thing on a smaller scale and, and find where they can make their their kind of niche and really curve it out. I want to switch over and transition to some of our Patreon questions. We've gone on quite a long time here, surprisingly. Uh, we'll try to wrap it up here before Silicon Valley starts, which season <laughs> today at 10 p.m. Sorry, guys. Um, this is a question from Tim Roth. He's one of our new Patreon subscribers. He asks a question. Do you think the sliding keyboard has hurt the priv in terms of word-of-mouth advertising? An example, I get asked about my classic a couple times a month, and I'm guessing priv owners get asked fewer questions because when the keyboard tray is closed, the priv doesn't really stand out from the crowd that much. Personally, I don't mind the Vienna form factor that forces the screen to be a little bit smaller. So what are some of your thoughts on that, Alex? Do you think the priv hurts word-of-mouth? With that keyboard um, hidden, I, I I haven't thought too much about because it it's weird. Because I mean, thinking back on it, like looking at a lot of my friends who I kind of pushed to get the priv and things, like them not even using the physical physical keyboard. That's definitely I'm yeah. Like that's it's weird because a lot of people um, that have this phone they're not even using the physical keyboard because it's hidden, and I'm sure that's yeah. I don't know. I haven't thought much about that. Someone else answer, but that's interesting. I don't know. I think it's one of those things, like, if, at least in my experience, most people see me playing with the phone. Yeah. They see that big BlackBerry logo on the front, and they're like, oh, that's a BlackBerry. And then you're like, yeah, but it runs Android. And then you're like... That's always their response. <laughs> yeah. It's and so then you slide up the keyboard, and then they're like, oh, shit! <laughs> but see, that's... Okay, that's the thing. We're, like, my friends... They'll they might be caught out in public somewhere, and someone's like, "Oh, they, you have a BlackBerry," and they'll be like, "Yeah." They don't like slide up and show them the keyboard because they don't even use the physical keyboard. Like, yes, I am someone that slides up the keyboard. They're like, oh, damn! But this is where I feel like the 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 question is is talking about like people who don't use the physical keyboard as much as I or maybe others do because I use it 80, 90 percent of the time. When people ask me about the phone, I immediately show them the physical keyboard. Whereas my friends who don't use the physical keyboard don't show it, and then it's like, oh, you're just using a BlackBerry, and mm-hmm. that's like, and I could see that hurting perception. Yeah, I'm probably I, a special case because of the fact that I don't really use the keyboard, but I don't hesitate to actually show yeah. it off either, because yes. I'm like, yeah, go buy one. I still need a job. <laughs> <laughs> special. That's what Blaze's mom told him at least. You know, <laughs> you know, I I kind of agree with Tim's point where. As a general purpose phone, if you're someone who's just casually using it like in line somewhere where someone might see it, you know, and you don't slide it up, it's going to be, you know, like any other phone and kind of, oh, okay, they're using a phone. Like it doesn't really draw your eye. And even when you slide it up, 
because it's so subtle to a degree, right? It's not like this massive. Someone has to be like lurking on you for you know yeah. fifteen seconds to really like get that ooh ah, unless it's you know someone you're directly socially engaging with. And I think really the word of mouth comes, I think, from having that 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 slide that actually happen. And if it doesn't, I think it does hurt the word of mouth advertising yeah. for the phone because it's less engaging and it's just another slab, right? Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good selling point of it, but it's also one that I think can encumber some of the ooh-ah of the form factor. And, you know, that's really what you sign up for with the slider, right? It's a dis more discreet type of ooh-ah, whereas Passport, again, bam, right in your face. It's big, it's bold, it's wide, it, it is what it is, and it, there's no question as to what you're looking at. Where with Priv... Is that a candy bar? Is it not? So, you know, Blaze always – I love Blaze's analogy here where he's like, just tape the damn thing shut and let, <laughs> you, let me use it, right? So, it, you know, I would definitely agree with you there, Tim, that it could potentially hurt some of that word-of-mouth advertising. In terms of, like, something like a Vienna, again, I think when you're straightforward with, with your hardware and what it looks like, it's definitely going to get more people to focus on that aspect of it. So, for instance, I'll give you a little anecdotal story here. Um, I'm at a mall kiosk, and uh, I, I'm looking at cell phone cases, and I know for a fact this mall kiosk does not have priv cases whatsoever, right? Because duh, who does? Yeah, you know, yes. no. And it was like one of those third-party vendors. It wasn't like any like official anything like that, right? So I'm I'm walking by, and I really my end goal is to show this guy my phone and blow his mind, right? To see if I can, right? That's my end goal. So. Um, I'm like, I'm looking around, he's like, can I help you with anything? And I'm like, you know, no, you know, I got a phone, it's really hard to get a case for. And he's like, oh, what do you mean? And I hold it up, and he's like, huh, that's weird, is that, a, is that a Samsung? And I'm like, no, it's a Blackberry. And he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, we might have something that could fit that. So he's looking through Samsung, uh, you know, Galaxy, and, and I'm like, you know, don't even waste your time, it's just not going to work. He's like, well, what do you mean? And I slide it open, and this guy nearly drops to the ground. Right? <laughs> He's like, "What?" And like, he had it in his hand the entire time. Like, I, I was yeah. while while he's like looking, he's using it, and he's he's doing a basic one over. No idea there's a keyboard That's under funny. there, right? I love and it. I literally, I literally just go over and I like flick the screen up, and this guy just literally dies. And he's like, "Yeah, I definitely don't have anything for you, but I do have these uh, wireless speakers. Would you like to buy those for forty dollars?" <laughs> I'm like, "True I'm like, salesman." No. I'm like, "You see that front?" Facing speaker there, yeah, bro. I don't. Yeah, with the one with the monotone <laughs> grill. <laughs> Does this work in the shower? Because that's the one place I won't take my priv. <laughs> so, great question, Tim. Definitely leads to an interesting discussion on subsequent form factors, right? I can just see the BlackBerry advertisement, right? All touch, classic type QWERTY, priv in the middle, and then the priv slides up, and it's both. You know? It's, yeah. So it seems like the perfect triage, like right. Yeah. That's a cohesive. So, uh, yeah. Hardware portfolio. Can't make right up now, your mind. There's the priv right there. Exactly. Yes. Spend another two hundred dollars, please, and Maybe send Blaze bla some. That's the commercial issue to me. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. It's like it's such an easy device to market. You just do it. You just go do yeah. something with it. Right. Another question that we had is from Nick. Nick asks or comments. The media has come up with the idea that the RCMP was given the global encryption keys for BBM and that they still have it. Chen needs to come out and clearly tell everyone what happened in 2010 and how it affects BBM now. I find this an interesting topic of conversation because John Chen literally did come out and say in the Inside BlackBerry blog. Now, of course, he can't get into specifics because this was a legal case, right? You can't, you can't, you know, all of that is locked and sealed in terms of 
the actual legality of what was given and what was subpoenaed and things like that. So I get your point. I understand, Nick, that we want more clarity and more kind of open dialogue about this, but to a degree... Just like I said, you're never going to get the actual answer. It's a Glomar response. You can't confirm nor deny whatever happened in there. So it's like, eh. He did what he could. He put out the information, which was pretty much on par with everything else that they've ever possibly said on the matter. And, you know, you kind of have to just roll with it and then take it for what it is. Something that I found was pretty funny was the fact that the, the podcast, like, the day before that article came out, we're all like, thank you, John Chen, for not acknowledging the article. Yeah, and then he comes out and acknowledges it. <laughs> Classic. He's watching up and I'm like, oh, no, that's a great idea. I mean... <laughs> that's like, like me, like, the, that, the pod, like you said, the podcast the night before, I'm like, very determinately saying, you'll never get an answer, and then I'm like, oh, shit. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like a non-answer, right? And it's yeah. like, I'd rather a non-answer than, I mean, excuse me, I'd rather no answer than a non-answer. Yes. I don't need the political speak and all that. And, you know, it is what it is. I honestly think probably it is good to acknowledge it to a degree, right? Yeah. And, and I like, and, I, and as I said, if they acknowledge it, it's going to be in this very general, vague way because they can't talk about the specifics. So I think... Putting that a little bit out there that we want to be good citizens first and business second is a good point to make not only for the RCMP news but also because it's a very staunchly different approach than what Apple has for the whole encryption, lawful access kind of conversation. While they are similar to a degree, they are also different, and I think it's kind of important that BlackBerry – keeps talking about this and you know some people are going to construe it as you know oh blackbird just hands over you know our security to the governments or whatever but at the end of the day that's not what's happening right at the end of the day they're protecting our privacy to the best of our ability but when we become criminals we lose that privilege and again it's the privilege of privacy to a degree you know man we killed it today on upstream there's been a lot of conversation this is a good one for you got you raptor fans out there who <laughs> You know, that halftime show may not be great. You know, just pop on some upstream, you'll be all right. It's it's definitely going to be an interesting place for them. I think the next kind of hurdle they have to climb is now this hardware business. It's what do we do with this, and yeah. do we continue? And really, that's what we're, we're going to be focused on the next couple do months. Do we continue, and how can we continue? Like, yeah. how do we go about it, you know? I, I honestly think they can get it together. It's, I think, a cost management problem for them. Primarily, and I think really, marketing is important. But I think Blackberry's almost proved that they don't need to market. And I know that sounds crazy coming from me because I'm always like market, market, market. But it's like it's such a cash burn. If you look at Samsung's budgets, it's like more than Blackberry has made in their hardware <laughs> division, like three times over for the last three quarters. So it's like marketing against giants is not viable. What I should be focusing on the same demographic. Like Samsung is definitely consumer focused. So BlackBerry just market just not the same, you know, consumer. See, I, I, I disagree with you, Alex. I disagree with you. You look at Samsung Knox, I think they're looking at the same pie that BlackBerry's looking at. If you look at how Samsung rose to power, it's by dismantling BlackBerry systematically. The S3 brought on the notification LED. The S3 software update on TouchWiz allowed you to hide applications like you could on the legacy OS. They literally nitpicked and pulled BlackBerry features out 
building them into their phone to catalyze the uniqueness and the customization and the viability of the Samsung devices over the iPhone. I honestly think Samsung literally took over BlackBerry's spot in the market. And I think they did it purposefully and diligently and over time and have done a very successful job of doing so. However, there is still that bread and butter that no one has been able to touch, and it's that keyboard. It's that end-to-end -end yeah. security that BlackBerry is able to offer, whereas Samsung can plug into MDMs. Sure, that's good, but BlackBerry really has that end-to-end -end solution. I don't think they need to market. I really don't. I think they do need to sell, and I think those are two different things, and I think BlackBerry needs to sell themselves. They need to talk about what they're doing, who they are, and who they're serving, but that's not necessarily marketing, right? And, and in a traditional sense, it is. But we don't need, you know, we don't need the Toronto Raptors ad that got ten thousand views, right? We don't need that. YouTube but doesn't does it, need it. Does we it don't hurt need it. to just throw some stuff on social media, like realistically, like some social media advertising? It's not no. that expensive, and it and it can be fairly effective. Just it just doesn't hurt, but at the same time, like we, I've said it before, they don't, they're not concentrated on consumers, man. They just, it's not even in their forte anymore. They're just like business, software. But think, it's a mixture too, though. You're a it, happy coincidence that you bought a Priv. They're, they're glad you bought one, but they didn't really care if you bought one. No, but like think of... <laughs> and that's why they're not letting you too. in the beta, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this conversation too. Like Consumers are the ones that work at these enterprises. So like if you get enough people saying, you know, going to their IT admin, like, hey, can I get a priv? Because they saw some advertising and it looks like a cool device. Then if you have enough demand, they might say, okay, let's look into this. Like it, it does work twofold. I mean... We don't really, I don't feel like I, any of us know enough about how marketing works to that scale when it's with enterprise. I think there I think, is still some I think there was stuff. an opportunity to be able to go ahead and take advantage of that, but that opportunity has passed because of the fact that they just let it slide for so long and it's gone. Like, But there's still so many people that don't even know BlackBerry is on Android now. And I feel exactly. Like that's, and again, marketing is not what they need. They need to sell. Like, what <laughs> we are, we have Android, and then market it, right? I honestly feel like marketing right now is, like, in one ear, out the other. Because at the end of the day, no one's going to see that BlackBerry. No one's going to be in that, that place to go buy that BlackBerry. They may catch a small percent, just like you, right? They caught you with the physical keyboard. But I don't feel like the demographic is wide enough for marketing to be a cost-effective thing. And right now, it's all about the cost reduction. Again, it's sell. It's put someone with devices in front of someone and sell them. And to an enterprise, that makes sense, right? Because you're already looking for an MDM solution. We already have a reason to talk right now. Let me sell you our handset because ultimately, I'm going to have to sell you a Samsung or an iPhone otherwise, you know? Yeah. It's, it's now, let me put my device out there. Let me be a viable alternative for you. And it's in the again, consumer market, you're just like banging in an echo chamber, man. There's so absolutely. much out there. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I think it's going to have the same trickle-down effect, Alex. If they can sell, the people they sell to will market it. You know, Like you said, those people who end up having these phones are consumers. Consumers talk to one another, right? Yeah. But again, it's one of those things that I think has to happen top-down, not bottom-up. Well, Marketing ultimately is going to be... If you but really think about it, that's exactly how BlackBerry planned it in the first place. Like, that's how BlackBerry got big. Exactly. They went to the business people. 
the business people were the ones that had the expensive blackberries. They're they the are the influencers, had. you know? Yeah. Exactly. They were the and ones wanting the iPhone success plus. It went top down, and everybody who had the big blue, everybody who basically was in the business atmosphere were going out to the people, the regular consumers, and being like, look at me, I have email, and you don't, and... You know, that's how they built it in the yeah. first place. And and now it's going to be, I have a priv. I have yeah. an all-touch. I have I have fun and work all in one device, no compromises, you know, and, and that's it. And it's really, can they get priv to saturate that upper end? Because if they can sh recreate their same success, that's ultimately where they're going to have to find it. Because I don't think they can just market themselves into success. I think it's such a huge mountain for them to climb. Yeah, it's a costly mountain. Yeah, and they just, you know, they have billions, but they don't have that many, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I think they could drop advertising. Oh, I muted myself randomly. You can drop $500 million on an advertising campaign, but how many, what does that translate into sales, you know? Samsung probably, probably spent more on advertising than what BlackBerry is even worth, so. <laughs> hey. Value is subjective, Blaze, all right? Let's not, <laughs> let's not devalue Alex's investment now. <laughs> We're just driving Alex further away. He's like, Alex oh. hates us. He hates us so much. He's like, why do I freaking deal with these people on a <laughs> weekly basis? <laughs> no, Alex, I honestly think you're going to buy the next BlackBerry handset just because you want it. And you're gonna probably upsell your priv to one of your family members. I've I already have the deal set. My uncle wants to yeah. buy the priv for me when I buy the next phone. But I told him I'm not gonna buy the next phone until it's a high end phone. And I personally want a priv too. I want a priv too. Priv too is such a terrible idea. I don't. In terms I don't, of name. In terms of. I don't care about the name. Whatever. Call it the switchblade. The the <laughs> razor. I don't know what the hell. Like, the switchblade. Yeah. <laughs> No, I just, I just literally want a priv that is more refined and better specs. That is can, all can I you want. Please have a BlackBerry Blaze. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would buy that phone. Make it red. That'd be, that'd be great. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> I think that, I think that was that, uh, that was that Dallas. But no, not the Dallas. The Durango. That was the Durango that never made it. That was the Blaze. <laughs> oh man. Second Valley's up. Yeah, Alex is like, I gotta go, guys. Bye. Alex is like, peace out. Gotta go. Peace out, A-Town. Pied Piper. Pied Piper. Season 3. I can't believe it already. It's already here. I've seen commercials for that. They're like, he's got like a, a jacket on. He's like, I got us all Pied Piper jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't run it, but apparently everybody else saw the commercial, so it's like <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, I always appreciate our viewers and listeners for coming on, hanging out with us. It's been awesome to chit-chat with you guys. Dealing with us. And and, yeah, dealing with <laughs> Alex's negativity. You know, it's one thing, you know, when we express this negativity, it's because we care, to be yes. quite honest. Yes. It's because we're frustrated and we want better for, for the company and all that. So when, when Alex, you know, bemoans the you know BlackBerry for not putting out a Priv 2 because it would be a terrible name and idea, just I'm put that out there. Um, <laughs> I don't need the curved screen. Just give me a five hundred dollar oh, print too with great specs. Yeah, that'd be nice. You don't need the curved screen, dude. The curved screen makes it feel so thin. I don't mind it, but it is annoying at times. Okay, whatever. Let's just move on. 
my point made. Thank you as well to our patron subscribers who continue to support us with awesome questions every week. Tim, Nick, you guys rocked it this week. Thank you so much for those. And as well, uh, you know, consider subscribing. We've got a bunch of stuff, swag, shirts, stickers, all that good stuff. So check it out, veryflow.com. And as well, we'll get it up on Crackberry tomorrow sometime, hopefully. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe not. Maybe uh, it's funny to read the Crackberry comments because they just like have their own conversation with each yeah. other. In there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I look at the other Crackberry comments like, oh, that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just chat with one another. Full <gasps> community. Wow. And it's got like seven minutes left. Damn. <laughs> if only I had sixty-one dollars. She's showing me Q10s like. It's like, man, I don't need to spend more money on BlackBerry 10 devices, <laughs> but I want to so bad. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm on, I'm on the passport now. I'm gonna see how I, I last. I'm probably gonna do a week, and then make a decision. Do I want to stay here, go there? Blaze is maybe sending me a BB10 device if I ever pay him. So uh, that would be fun. That'll be fun. I, I love BlackBerry 10, and I really feel like at the end of the day, I can live with it for a good while. I'm falling back in love with it slowly right now, and it's kind of crazy because I really thought I would hate it, but I'm secretly loving it to death, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, always good to chit-chat with you. We'll catch you guys next week. What I will be saying is we're going to get some posts out there for our patron subscribers. Episode 100 will be open invite for all of our patron subscribers to come on board and actually chit-chat with us live. We're going to have limited availability because of Hangouts because they suck, but uh, we're going to try to get as many of you guys on as we can, so that'll be a lot of fun. So we'll plan yeah. that out in the coming weeks. We'll see you guys May 1st. Peace. Later. Later.